Here we are again at uh, the home of Matt and Annie Johnson, and we're going to get used to this to the point that once we're able to get together again, we're just going to do church at Matt and Annie Johnson's. I think we could, can we figure 200 people here? So, you know, we got Charlotte Landreth saying stuff, Jimmy Parker, uh, Jessica Clements, uh, Jason Burgess, Man, the, the, yeah. Whitus? In Michigan. Oh my goodness, people from Michigan. Oh man, we miss you guys. Ah, just hearing your name, man, that, that, that's exciting for us. Uh, we've had a lot of people who, who have actually left us military-wise and somewhere else. Man, if you're joining us today, we love you guys. Uh, there's gonna be a great celebration in Kingdom when we come together and see those folks that we built relationship with, but that's the church, isn't it? Uh, we have a relationship uh, through Christ that is that is something special. Uh, I was going to say something about Eric uh, as he was leading that song, Coming to the Altar. It, it's different. We saw people, boy, you got to go to the church, into that building, because that's where we meet Jesus. And we're coming to realize that while you're in your home, we're here in the Johnson's home, uh, the altar or coming before Jesus is as close as coming to your knees and, and that sense of you bearing that, that weight of sin, that, that carrying it before him, it can be done right there. Uh, he is so accessible. No coronavirus is going to separate us from the love of Christ or separate us from access to him. And, and man, that's the encouraging part we have this morning. I appreciate calls. Uh, we're making a point of doing some calls. We were receiving some calls. Uh, it is so good to hear from the body. I, I'm just going to say this one thing. I, on my heart is as Myung Spangler. Uh, she is going to undergo some surgery this coming Tuesday. I hate this, this fact of being alone. I'm glad so much that, that uh, Sharon, her daughter, is going to be with her for that surgery. But keep Sharon, uh, keep Myung Spangler in mind uh, in your prayers. Pray for one another. There's so many other requests that I just don't have time to express to you. Uh, this morning. Uh, we're still the body. We're still connected, even in these circumstances. Now for the sermon. Last week I introduced uh, uh, our series as a new reality. And uh, uh, to understand that series, it, it, it is a new reality that we enter into when we receive Jesus as our Savior. There is a new life to be lived, a new life to be experienced in a world that has a flow and a uh, a direction that it goes in that we now stand in that relationship with Christ. It is about our faith in him. Uh, in this series, New Reality, it is over the book of 1 Corinthians. And instead of something I like to do is go by chapter by chapter or thought by thought, uh, we're actually going by the topics that uh, uh, Paul deals with in 1 Corinthians. Last week, it was that unity that we talked about. The, the church in Corinth was actually uh, revealing its immaturity by being jealous and going into quarreling with one another. And, and of all things, it was over who they're following. Uh, Paul makes it clear that we are united and it's in that gospel message. It is in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and there we celebrate. There we are so like-minded. Oh, we have different backgrounds and everything we come from, but we are united in Jesus, and we're united uh, even today. Uh, the topic that we're going to deal with today is, is actually found in, in chapters 5, 6, and 7 of 1 Corinthians, and the topic is sexual immorality. 
Um, as uh, Paul addresses another problem that the Corinthian church is dealing with, it begins in chapter 5. There, there's actually within the body of believers, someone who is involved in sexual immorality. And that in itself is bad. But in verses two, in verse two, it says that the church was proud of it. And then in verse six, it said they were even boasting about that. So Paul definitely has reason. Uh, you know, he, he comes up and expresses, there should be discipline here, even severe discipline. But instead, uh, so, so Paul is definitely addressing this topic of, of sexual immorality. Now, as I put a searchlight, you know, my preparation this week on, on all three chapters, two verses really emerge as, as being kind of central to the thinking we want to deal with today. And that's, that comes in chapter 6 and verses 19, 18 and 19. Let me read that for you. And, and verses 18 and 19, here's what Paul tells the Corinthian believers. He said, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Simple message. This is our new reality in Jesus. He calls us to sexual purity. He calls us to purity. Let me begin here. God's definition of sexual purity in the scriptures is very clear. God's definition of sexual purity is clear. Uh, sex that is pure is between a husband and his wife. Actually, it's Paul later on defines that. And if you write, write that down, it's chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. We could see that clearly in those two verses. Now, the world's definition, uh, it's not so easy to define. Matter of fact, it's fluid, it moves, it changes. But there are lines that society draws. We could see it in our, in our laws. Uh, this kind of activity should not be with children. It should not be with animals. There are laws against that. It, it should not. It, it should be. It should not be without consent. But outside of that, the world uh, is really determines what is right uh, according to to the, our desires. Um, we could look around and, and understand that that sleeping around is okay. Having multiple partners is okay. Um, Same-sex relationships today. Is, is okay and embraced. And, and matter of fact, it's under that line is as long as they love each other, as long as there's a commitment there, it's okay. But according to the scriptures, it is between a man and a woman. Adultery, though even I believe in society, it's frowned upon. Uh, it, it's part of our culture. It's, it's a part of the flow of this world around us. All the sexual immorality. And, and this is where we take our stand. Now, the Corinthian, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Corinthian abuses that we find. There in chapter 5, I mentioned that there was one who was living with sexual immorality. Uh, in, in the first part of that chapter, it says that there was a man who had his father's wife. It was incest. And, and that was, it's even thought that this man was, was prominent in the congregation, possibly even a leader in the congregation. Um, other problems 
that we identify in chapter 6. There's a mention, I believe it's in verse 16, that there's prostitution mentioned. Paul mentions prostitution. It's pretty well known that in that time, part of their culture is something called temple prostitutes. It was part of religion, religious practices and things like that. And it's thought that the Corinthians were even involved or continued to be involved even after they received Jesus with these temple prostitutes. And it shouldn't have been. Um, we begin to wonder, as I said, Paul mentioned that they were both proud and they were boasting about this. How did they come to that conclusion to where they could be involved in those things and then proud about it? Well, I believe that verse 12, before the verses we looked at, verse 12 kind of identifies how, and it's from this phrase, I have the right to do anything. That's a phrase that they were embracing. Possibly in your version it says, everything is permissible. Paul's response to that is, uh, but not everything is beneficial. And then it says, Paul says it again, everything, or, or I have the right to do everything, but I will not be mastered by anything. That's, again, Paul's response. Where did they get this idea that I can, uh, I have the right to do anything? Actually, they had probably more than likely taken Paul's messages or previous messages uh, to heart and, and, and really ran with it. Uh, it's out of context and it's not right. Possibly it's that message that they are now free and, and out from under the laws that were in the Old Testament. That's not our salvation anymore. We're free from those laws. We're free from the sin. We're identified under those laws. We are no longer under condemnation. There's a freedom that we have. Woohoo! And they ran with that. They, they took that message and, and abused it. The truth is, in context, we are definitely free from sin. We're free from condemnation through Jesus Christ, but we're not free to sin. We're not free to sin. Now, what Paul expresses after that, I think is really, there's a couple of points I think is so important to, to make. In verse 13, he makes it very clear that our bodies belong to Jesus. Our bodies belong to the Lord. Uh, Let's look back and, and think of where the Corinthians were. They were thinking everything was permissible, uh, that, that, uh, uh, that, that our bodies uh, decide what direction we're going to go in. And it goes according to our hungers or our appetites. And we are not defined by our appetites. We're not defined by our food or we're not defined by our, our, our sexual activity. Uh, if we're defined by our food, then we're gluttons. If we're defined by our sexual activity, then we're perverted. Uh, but the truth is we're defined by who we belong to. Our bodies belong to the Lord. See, I, I believe that the Corinthians had a poor perspective of their identity. And, and their identity is this, that they are uh, the holy people of God, sanctified through Jesus Christ. They, they had a poor perspective of what Paul had even identified with them in chapter one at the very beginning. They also had a poor perspective of what God has done for them. They had a poor perspective of what Jesus had done for them. It was disrespectful, it was dishonoring. We can't be involved in those things. Also, the second thing is we are intimately connected to Jesus. Verse 15, in verse 15, Paul says, you do not know 
or excuse me, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? We are intimately connected to Jesus. When Jesus came into this world, we see him building relationship. I, he was friends to those apostles, apostles and disciples, excuse me. He was friend, and it was close relationship. It was a growing relationship. And, and then he became savior. He became their savior. And, and in that, Paul even says that, that, we, uh, that, that we are able to call God because of Jesus as our savior. We call him our father and Jesus is our brother. This, this intimacy is what we are growing into as we uh, learn to follow more and more after Jesus. Uh, especially connect with verse 17. 17 that directly follows says, but whoever is united with the Lord in, in, is one with him in spirit. We have, we have that spirit, that Holy Spirit existing in us because of Jesus and we share that same spirit. So Paul's question to the Corinthians was this, how can you be involved with prostitutes? How could you be involved in prostitutes and be in an intimate relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ? How can that be? How can you be involved in sexual immorality and, and, and then claim to be in Jesus? It, Paul's making it very clear. He wants you to live what you've been given. He calls you to live what we've been given. It is that holiness, that, that sanct, sanct, sanctity that he's brought into us through Jesus Christ, through his blood. The Corinthians' involvement was with prostitutes, and he said it shouldn't be happening. The beginning of the verse that we looked at today, verse 18, he gives this direction. Flee from sexual immorality. Do everything you can. Uh, hey, let, let's, let's face it. Sexual uh, immorality is part of the flow of this world. It is prominent in this world. It is everywhere. Temptations everywhere that you turn. And, and again, in chapter 15, what we talked about last week, it says this is where we take our stand. It goes against the flow of this world. Uh, this is our new reality. It is standing in Jesus Christ. Our hope uh, I, I wanted to say that, that look, look at the extent that we're going to, to, to stay away from the coronavirus. Uh, we're, we're, we're social distancing, we're washing our hands, we're careful where we're going, we're, we're not traveling like we used to, we're going to quite the extent to stay away from this virus. Man, if we just had that attitude towards sexual immorality, or specifically, each one of us, the temptations that we're drawn to, 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 to put it aside, to not be a part, of, to not watch certain things, or not to go certain places, or not to be around possibly even certain people who, who might lead us into that sexual immorality. Flee from sexual immorality. The, the, the next directive that we see in the scripture is this, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. This is our new reality, that we belong to him and we live life now to be honoring of him. And it's not just Sunday morning when we come together. It's not just Sunday morning when we open our scriptures and, and we're praying, okay, this is our time to be honoring of God. 
that if we're in Christ, it is every moment of your life. It begins on uh, Monday morning and it works its way all the way through Sunday night. It is continuous. It is before our family, it is before our friends. It is how we live our lives. And what we do with our bodies needs to be honoring of Him. God's true dwelling. Here, here's the point that Paul makes in that verse 19. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Again, that intimacy, that, intimacy, that connection in Christ is what we have. But the dwelling of the Holy Spirit is within us. A temple in the Old Testament was someplace where you went, and that's where God dwelt. And it was a place that you would then leave. But what Jesus has provided for us is that, that sanctifying, that holiness that he's brought us to, our bodies are, are within us. The Holy Spirit is now able to dwell. And, and it comes through that cleansing blood of Jesus. And that's the life that we now live, honoring and, and pursuing of him. Here again are the two directives that he has in those verses. Flee from sexual immorality and honor God with your bodies. Don't Please don't forget these, these two things as well. Why? You know, the question comes up, why? Because our bodies now belong to him. We were bought with a price. And, and, and second of all, because... He has brought us into an intimacy with Him. We have that closeness with Him. Uh, and, and therefore, you know, it is what we live. The, the guys said that, uh, or Eric said that we're going to have an open chat here. Again, the... Um, uh, what's that? I'm sorry, are they hearing this? Okay, all right. Bad time for a noise to be coming up. Anyway, uh, in all seriousness, what, one of the greatest difficulties that we face in this world is the flow of the world and sexual immorality is a big part of it. Matter of fact, in the scripture, something I didn't talk about is that all other sins are outside the body. This one sin actually is a sin uh, against ourselves. It is one where we emotionally... Uh, mentally, and everything is wrapped up into that. So it, it is a sin that is very serious. So Paul addresses that with the Corinthians, and he addresses it with you and I as well. He addresses it with you and I as well. Where are you in this? Are, are you able to battle the, the sin that you face uh, that, that's before us every day? Or how, are you winning that battle? Are you being strengthened? I encourage you Oh, man, that repentance, and, and, and especially in this area, if it's an ongoing problem that you continue to face, I, I would just say uh, get close to that brother or sister in Christ that you love and, and trust and, and know will, will help you through this. But, but share that repentance with them and, and, and talk to them and, and have them be an encouragement for you in overcoming. That's what the church is about that we all are overcoming the things of this world and standing on behalf of Jesus. We're going to pray right now. I'm going to pray for you and pray for us as, you know, the coronavirus is ongoing, but I say that this is worse than the coronavirus. Yeah, the coronavirus can kill. It can take our life away. But, but the illness of sexual immorality 
is dishonoring of God. And, and matter of fact, uh, Scripture says, no one who is sexually immoral will inherit the kingdom of heaven. This is serious. Are you in Jesus or are you about dealing or, or living your own appetites? Let, let's, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you always for Jesus. I praise you, Lord, for the song that says that that, that altar, to be able to come before the altar, which, Lord, to us is, is on our knees, coming uh, where Jesus is seated at your right hand, our representative. Lord, to ask for the forgiveness that we, we so often need. Uh, and, and Lord, we pray that uh, we'll, we'll be able to be honest with ourselves and honest with you, listening to the Spirit as he convicts us of our sinfulness, Lord, and moving forward to that, that cleansing blood of Jesus where we receive that forgiveness. We ask, Lord, that you strengthen us, help us to uh, uh, live uh, every day for you, pursuing you, growing in that relationship we have with Jesus. We ask, Lord, that as well, that, that in these times when we're alone, we pray that we might find more and more opportunity to grow in you and to uh, be strengthened through your word and through prayer. Oh, Father, bless us as a congregation, strengthen us as a body. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.